Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen. One of our favorite shows at I'm So Obsessed is Fast Foodies, where three professional chefs faithfully recreate a celebrity's fast food item and then do a no-holds-bar remix version of the same dish. Fast Foodies is back for a second season, now airing on True TV. Let's take a listen to part of the season two trailer. Fast food is so good. You guys ready to do this again? Let's do it! Bring out my dish! Shake Shack! This is great! Our first round is the copycat round. The three of us are going to remake that fast food. That is McDonald's. And there's the remix round, where we reimagine fast food in our own creative ways. I didn't think this was possible. <laughs> Look how gooey that is. It's about 50% dough and 50% cheese. Just like me. I'm so happy to welcome back to this podcast, Chefs Christian Kish, Jeremy Ford, and Justin Sutherland. Well, just to kind of jump into things, first of all, uh, thank you all for coming back on our podcast. You were on it last year, right before, I think right right after the Fast Foodies season one launched. Um, and we're big fans here at the podcast, our producer. Obviously, a lot has happened in the past year. And I, we're going to get into Fast Foodies, but I just wanted to check in with you guys because I know you have families, you guys have restaurants, books, all these things. How has the past year been for you? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think, you know, overall, we're all resilient people in a very resilient industry um, that has no choice but to bounce back, even though it may look a little bit different. And that's also OK. Um, you know, I think we've all the three of us have been certainly very fortunate one to be able to film season two of the show, which happened this year. Obviously, like what a great relief that was. And all of our restaurants are back. And, um, you know, from these guys, especially more restaurants are coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely still been a tough year. I mean, it's got better than last year. And, you know, luckily, again, we all have projects that are starting or open and, and other projects. Obviously, we, we'd still like things to be a little better, but uh, I, I, I can't complain. Out of everywhere, out of all three of the different states that we all live in, I think Florida, we just got lucky um, that we, you know, our governor kept us open and kept restaurants going. And, and I was able to, to, to pay my staff because at the end of the day, like, you know, the, those guys are the mo most important thing is making sure that the, everyone has jobs. And luckily, everyone got to keep their job and everyone's still cooking and learning. And um, and we actually have the Michelin Guide coming this year. So we have a lot to look forward to in 2022. And I know last time you were talking about you were opening like a steakhouse or something. Is this that or is this something different? Yeah, this is this is the Butcher's Club. Um, it. This is actually one of, we're actually one of two. Um, we're going to be opening one in Orlando. So um, this was kind of our, we found our, we found our little, our, our little formula here. We have a kind of a Bible of recipes that we've tweaked out and 
um, you know, Kristen and Justin have a little love on that menu as well. And <laughs> yeah, it's going over very well. Um, we had a media night last night. It was super, super fun. Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, follow up on is, uh, there's a little bit, I mean, you guys have all flirted with celebrity and, and, and being well known because of, uh, cooking shows and just social media and all that stuff. But how has it changed with fast foodies? Has, what, what has it changed? Do people talk to you different? How do you know they've seen the show? I mean, I, I think for everything that you're known for, you get, you know, a different uh, audience group. I mean, you know, there's, we have our, our restaurant groupies, you have your top chef groupies, your cookbook groupies, like, and you know, we get known for, for different things in different groups of people. So I think this just opened up another avenue of people recognizing. Um, when we got picked up and added on the HBO platform, I think that really, you know, broadened the people who had exposure to to us and, and, and fast foodies. So, you know, and the more you do, the more uh, you're seen. You know, I think for true TV, it certainly, I don't, I wouldn't say it was my niche of people. Um, but so that really opened up the range of, of viewers and kind of people, you know, we'll get people in the restaurant. I know a lot of us are always associated with Top Chef or Iron Chef and they come in and say, we love you on that. And it's been a really nice, refreshing thing. So for a lot of the guests to come in, they're like, we love you on fast foodies and starting to hear something a little bit different. Um, it just really shows how successful the show has been. Yeah, to Kristen's point there, we're not getting folks and coming, you know, coming in saying, oh, Jeremy, like, we're, we loved you on Top Chef. It's been like, like, oh, you're so, you're hilarious on Fast Foodies. Yeah. And, um, and, for, and for that to be able to drive, you know, customers and guests into our restaurants, that's like the real win for me, man. Like, you know, is to be able to get somebody who was like, no, I'm not going to eat there for whatever reason. And then they get like inspired or they see us on TV and they come in to dine with us. That's like, that's the real win, you know, is, is, um, is getting to meet people that are actually like super obsessed with the show. So it's um, yeah, it's been great. Well, then the other thing too, is you guys have so many things you say in the moment and they're very memorable. Um, I'm going to pick on Jeremy for a second. Uh, Portillo's. Uh, and then I'm like, is he doing it on purpose? <laughs> no, no, that's all real. <laughs> uh, every second of it well and i really as someone who hosts a podcast i miss say things all the time and people love to celebrate that but are you do you have yep. people like coming up to you from things you've done on the show what expecting you to say that or they're saying lies you've said uh back to you i i've, I've been asked for a lot of kisses after the bobby lee episode <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that was already normal justin you were already yeah, right <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> You know, I think one of my favorite parts of the show is, you know, at the end, you know, you have these um, B-roll cuts of us doing these interviews. And those interviews are done way at the end of the evening after we've cooked all day and we're, you know, maybe a couple of drinks in. And I feel like those are the moments that are intercut with the show that are, are funny. Like, cause you're just like, I don't know, I'll just say whatever I want to say. And then you never know what to throw in there. Um, I like those moments because yeah. you're not, we're not focused on cooking. We're literally just being ourselves and just downloading everything that we just took in for the day. While exhausted. Well, very exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I say, can any of you speak to uh, a little bit of behind the scenes? Cause we, you guys reference it sometimes like, Oh, if I had more time, I would have done this. So how does that day look when you're recording one of these episodes? It's all happens in one day. I mean, they're, they're anywhere from 10 to 14 hour days, you know, beginning to end. 
Um, obviously when we're doing, you know, doing the interviews and the pickups and kind of the side, you know, the side stuff, those are start and stop. But once we introduce our guests, we go through our spiel around the table, <clears throat> we're going straight to the kitchen and, and we start cooking almost immediately and, um, you know, and, and try and do it as quick, as quickly as possible. Um, but they are, yeah, they are long unscripted days. We learned, we learned for season two, that cooking during our lunch break, because I think we are not hungry for lunch, right. nor do we need to sit down for an hour break. Um, Sometimes it's easier just to keep going. And so we, again, like Justin was saying, it's truly all the way through, including our three lunch breaks that we choose to work through. Yeah, who needs lunch anyway? Yeah, I think in season two, you'll also see the difference and what that little bit of extra time actually did for us. I think um, it brought our stress levels down a little bit. Like we were able to really like, say, you know what, let's push the envelope a little bit here or, or you know, get, give it a little bit more time to, to work on a dough or, or something like that. So I, th- I think season two, we got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more time, which was great. I'd say, what are, what are the other ways uh, maybe the show has morphed a bit for season two? Can you share any of that with us? I mean, I think the, um, our, uh, the gambit of guests we have, uh, I think, is, has expanded. Season one, we were, A, you know, in that, in that very much, well, we still are, but more COVID time. I think we just leaned into a lot of comedians and a lot of people that were just hyper local to that Los Angeles area, just because people weren't traveling. Um, so now we get to open it up a little bit more, you know, we've got, you know, movie directors and, and, and uh, sport and athletes and, you know, and, and people just from the outside of that comedy world that I think expanded the, the guest experience. Um, like Jeremy said, I think you're going to see much higher levels of cooking from all of us um, and, and our interactions. I mean, you know, I think our, our chemistry and, and, and friendship was, was real. And now, you know, we didn't just come into developing that, you know, we just walked in, saw each other, hugged and picked up right where we left <laughs> off. So I just think that, you know, that chemistry that you see from us, I think is even going to be a little bit more amplified this season. I think we were a little less afraid to throw some digs because we were like, okay, well, we're not, <laughs> I'm not going to offend you by if I sit, that looks like something. Right. <laughs> whatever. So it's a little bit more playful, I think. Obviously, the recreations you do um, are the copycat of the fast food, but then the remix. Are there um, recipes you've done that you would actually consider, like maybe not adding to your to a restaurant, but including in a cookbook or or, or featuring as a special or something? Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few dishes um, that have that have actually kind of morphed into. A, a sauce or a garnish or you know some kind of dish at at one of my spots so um yeah like i i, I look forward to season three to keep learning from these two because it's like uh the the, the skills and creativity is is crazy uh, some of the creative stuff that i've seen from both of them i'm like like how the hell did you come up with that you know what i mean like it's intense and that's like the beauty of the entire show is that it's very rare for three professional chefs to come together and actually have the time, space and energy to soak in what everyone else is doing without feeling either intimidated or feeling like you have to be better than it's just, it is like, it is the schooling that every adult chef needs. I feel. So on your show, Whatever the item is, there is a person, usually costumed, sometimes, I think one time it was a drone, uh, who brings the item out. Now there's the show Top Gear, which for a long time had a race car driver uh, who tests their thing called the Stig. And I'm curious, is this person on your show who brings the food out kind of like your Stig? And if so, if like the Stig, who 
actually turned out to be a very amazing world-class race driver. Is this going to be like some like Bobby Flav who's just in disguise bringing it out? It's usually, no, it's, it's, it's usually just like a PA or something <laughs> from set. It's a, it's somebody, I mean, no, I mean, there's a pretty consistent guy who, who, who's, who's the costume guy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's usually just one of the PAs or, or somebody from set that they, that gets conned into putting on a leotard and, uh, and raining themselves with French fries. <laughs> I think there was, I think there was an actual, we had a real dancer that was, that yeah. was hired. That's how, you know, like budgets are getting right. We're going up. <laughs> You're hiring a dancer for your cooking show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I feel like, again, just from uh, watching it and seeing other people's reactions. So the penalties, the uh, what the disadvantages you guys have are kind of silly, mostly good. Uh, and I'm curious as for season two progresses, because there's a, they were kind of silly, but they some of them weren't really disadvantages. And I feel like some of the disadvantages were like thoughtful, like the butter, <laughs> not Bobby Flay, yeah. but the guy, uh, guy, guy Fieri. Fieri. Yeah, Fieri. It's like, are we going to see stuff that actually is going to be complicating things? Like, or is it more that more the same of that? I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like the producers, they at the, ultimately, they want us to do a good job and actually show a, a wonderful product. Um, I think it, the hardest part in, the, in the, those who throw it more for a loop are the ones where a disadvantage is requiring the celebrity to like take over because then they really screw it up because it's a real human yeah. that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, and there's one in particular for this episode where this one particular guest goes in and basically just causes a, a mess, a mess. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is a question coming more from me is like a strategy. And I keep on imagining if I was in your position and I had to recreate a fast food item and then also know that I was doing a remix, how do you attack that without tipping the, the, uh, the remake or the, the copycat version without putting too much of your own spin on that. Do you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it feels like you guys put a little bit of your spin on it and it can help or hurt it a little bit. But then with a the remix, you see that difference. How do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, it, it takes, uh, I think it, Kristen's, I think, be really been able to apply the most restraint to the to the copycat. I mean, it, it's very hard, you know, as, as a chef to intentionally make something worse. Like every, you know, when you touch food, you're like, all right, how do I make this taste good? How do I? And it's, it's very difficult to be like, no, make this <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I know that the patty should not be that thin, but that's how they do it at McDonald's. So, I mean, it definitely, it, it's hard to, to, to hold back um, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think Kristen's gotten really good at just dialing that in and, and sticking true to, no, this is what it's, what it's, you know, supposed to taste like from this particular fast food restaurant. The key is to show up really tired and not give you <laughs> And just you're like, I don't care. And then you just throw up your hands. <laughs> um, that actually connects to a question I had for you guys is in a way you're all very different, even though the Venn diagram overlap of your friendship and spirit is very overlapped. I'm curious, how has each other's style or approach as a chef have been an influence for yourself? Oh my God. It's like, it is the greatest gift that I feel like I could have gotten, honestly, like the stuff that you, the, the things that both of them do are like Jeremy was saying, you pull and you'd like take some of the things here and there. There are, there are many glimmers of brilliance that are happening within all the food. And how lucky are we that we get to like one, cook alongside that other person to eat that food. And then also three, hear them describe how they did it. So it's like, the it is 
you know those masterclass things this is like the real masterclass of <laughs> learning and meditation it's so cool it is one of my favorite parts of the show hands down 100%, especially, I mean, when you're getting into those remixes and, you know, we all have kind of the track about that our mind thinks about food and then looking over and, and thinking, seeing how somebody else interpreted that. And you're just like, where did that come from? It's genius. And, and like both, the, both of them said, you know, we get to pick and pull and it, it's constantly, it's like the best, best round of culinary school, you know, that you, that you get to go late in life from, from, from friends and chefs. It's, it's cool. Well, there was there was one day where I think Justin and I picked literally all of the same ingredients, and I was right. like, "What the f- is going on?" Um, I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember I think we had like three, I was like crab and two other things that were yep. like the same. Um, Rice but, uh, and crab and something, yeah, and both going two totally different directions with that. Yeah, the cool thing about it was to say you used all the same ingredients, quite literally, and then to eat them, and you actually taste both styles, and you're like, "Wait a second, in what form?" Did you just flip those flavors to make them so different? And you're like, this is this crazy. It was that was a really cool thing to to bear witness to. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And I'm curious, what are each of you currently obsessed with? Beef. Beef. <laughs> you wait, I think you may have said that last time, by the way. Um, I don't know. I think it, I'm gonna maybe be cheesy, but like I'm I'm truly obsessed with like being able to do professional things and walk away with really great people in your life. And that's exactly what the show did. It's like how how amazing of a gift that is to just have the opportunity to to do something fun and then also to be surrounded by really amazing people who have since become really, really, really fantastic friends. So I'm obsessed with these two is what I guess. My <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with them too. That's, this is like the kindest answer we've had on this podcast. <laughs> like the last two guests have been like succession, you know, it's like. <laughs> you know? Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I'm obsessed with Ozark coming back out uh, last night. So. Yeah. Well, I say once we, uh, once we get off this podcast or uh, we can start watching it. Yeah. Um, say Jeremy, so you, you were, uh, we, talked for a second there about your opening another restaurant if uh, each of you guys has a restaurant and I'm curious if you could go back in time to right before you opened your first restaurant what advice would you give yourself don't do it <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just no I'm just I know I know and we all joke about you know not doing restaurants but we love them for me it's it's the people and the team so I stepped away from traditional restaurants for a long time and I was like I'm not going to do it I'm not ready for it. I don't think personally I was mature enough to handle what it was. And when I, all during that process, I missed the camaraderie. I missed the team. I missed the mentorship. I missed building and being surrounded by people that love to do the same thing. And for me, that's the, that's the greatest part. And it is, you know, the restaurant is great and the restaurant is what it is. Um, but it's really the people and people investing their time, energy, and talents into your own business. And that's really cool to see. And it feels I feel very grateful and it's a very proud moment to have. 
No, I, th I think it's very much along those, those same lines. I mean, you know, I spent my in entire life cooking and, you know, seven years ago, started getting into my own restaurants and didn't leave those for, you know, almost five years. And I, I mean, I too stepped out from, you know, being active, daily active in, in my restaurants for, for almost a couple of years. And it was the same, the exact same thing. I mean, you realize why you, why you fell in love with it. It's, it takes us, it takes a special kind of person to, you know, to want to do that. You have to absolutely love it. And sometimes you can forget what it is about the restaurants that you love, you know, go through stages of, of missing it. And, but it's also, it's also nice to be able to do what we do and, and, and step back and still cook food and still be in the food industry, be students of food and, uh, you know, I'm just doing it in a different format. You know, when I, when I first opened Stubborn Seed, if I could tell myself anything, um, I would have told myself an $85 tasting menu is the dumbest thing you could ever try to make money on. Uh, and then I would have fast forwarded and be like, no, the actual number is like a buck 50 to actually be profitable. I wish I could have said that to myself. Okay, so we also do a thing called pick one, and I give you guys a couple of uh, choices, and you have to pick one. It doesn't mean the thing you pick is better than the things you don't pick, but I want to play pick one with all three of you. And the first right. thing I have is water or sparkling water. Pick one. Water. Water. All right, the second one I have is daily special or on the menu. Pick one. On the menu. On the menu. Wait, how come no one said daily special? You don't want to know why. <laughs> <I do. laughs> Okay. On, on the menu. On the menu. And then I am going to learn something here too. Pick one, ordering fish on a Monday or avoiding ordering fish on a Monday. Oh, ordering. Order. That's good fish day. And yeah, that's usually when the fish drops after the weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So Sunday would probably be the day maybe to... Uh... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't, have, don't have the seafood chowder on Sunday. <laughs> Unless you live like right there. <laughs> right. All right. And then uh, the last one I have for you guys is a la carte or a, a pre-prepared plate. Pick one. If it's Jeremy, tasting menus. <laughs> yeah. A la carte. Is there anything guys you want to bring up that we didn't get to talk about with season two? Just watch it. <laughs> watch. watch it, like it, laugh. Um, no, I think people are going to be, I think we put together an amazing season. So I think people are, are genuinely going to enjoy it. It's, it's, it's hilarious. And there's some great food coming at you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. And it's great seeing all three of you. And it's great following your careers. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to thank Kristen, Jeremy, and Justin for chatting with me. New episodes of Fast Foodies air Thursday nights on True TV, and you can watch season one on HBO Max. I Am So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Daniel Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleenor. Please take a moment and subscribe to I Am So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app, and follow the show on Twitter at I Am So Obsessed Pod. Until next time, take care.